Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP, we got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, I'm your host, Sean June. And of course, got my guy, Greg Penniman. Greg, what's good, man? Yes, sir. What's going on? Oh, man, this is uh, definitely always the favorite show, the previews, you know, for me personally, you know, the, the wide receivers, the pass catchers, tight ends, the people that, you know, really catching the ball. Hopefully, I'm, you know, always wishing that, you know, the importance of them, you know, is growing over time. Cooper Cup, you know, definitely you know one of the first like dominant wide receivers to get it done you know help the team win the super bowl so i'm liking uh the pass catches importance coming going through yes sir i'm you know greg embodies the uh you know his his past life he was a a wide receiver uh in his flag football life he is a wide receiver facts oh yeah no one i know no no contact no no crazy contact over here Yeah, no contact no contact of course um but yes it is friday coming to you friday uh, live on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, we were, you know, supposed to go Thursday. We had some scheduling conflicts, though, so we're coming to you here Friday. Uh, also, you can listen to us on in podcast platform on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and many other podcast uh, platforms that may be available to you. So, uh, as Greg mentioned wide receiver and tight end breakdowns. If you haven't listened to the quarterback and running back breakdowns, definitely go check those out. Um, but as we always do, going to discuss our top threes, going to discuss our, our bus, our sleepers, our breakouts, and our my guys at each position. Also going to play a little ADP game. And um, as far as Monday, you know, uh, we, we do have a show on Monday. Um, you know, I think we'll be going live in the sometime in the afternoon, um, just discussing some, you know, divisional breakdowns. You know, which teams we, you know, we predict to win the division, uh, what what orders, and and uh, also um, Super Bowl predictions. So that'll be a Monday show on Labor Day, uh, and then again, like I said, you know, we'll be going to our regular season schedule. Uh, every a show every Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday morning. Uh and then Monday we'll do a recap. So um let's jump into the wide receiver position. Top 12 in total points from 2021. So we can refresh everybody's memory. As you said off the top, Cooper Cup had a dominant dominant season. He was the wide receiver one in total points. Debo Samuel two, Jamar Chase three, Justin Jefferson four. Devontae Adams, five, Mike Evans, six, Tyreek Hill, seven, Stefan Diggs, eight, Mike Williams, nine, DK Metcalf, 10, Tyler Lockett, 11, and Deontay Johnson came in at wide receiver 12 last year. Um, Greg, I'm going to ask you, who is your wide receiver one heading into 2022? Got to go with, uh, you know, I think a guy that a lot of people are projecting to be one. I mean, with Cooper Cup, but I, you know, it's hard to go back to back one in any, at any fantasy position. So I'm, I'm got to go with Jay Jeff here, Justin Jefferson, for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, the man's an absolute monster in his second year. 
just came in and just made that second-year leap you all want to see. I mean, he, he, rookie year, he, you know, did what he had to do too, but getting those 100 receptions, uh, getting, uh, you know, almost 10 targets a game, that's that's alpha dog, wide receiver one status right there. Uh, when you're getting close to 10 targets a game, um, yeah, he's going to continue to do that. He's only going to get better. He's only 23, 22 currently. He's about to be 23. It's ridiculous uh, what he's already doing. I mean, man, he's, he's the reincarnation of, of Randy Moss, man. Yeah, J. Jeff is uh is is he's just different, man. Yeah, um, man. You know he's he's also my wide receiver one. Yes, no sir. player uh, has more receiving yards through their first two seasons of their career than Justin Jefferson. He was third in the NFL with a twenty eight point nine percent target share, and I, and he's going to continue to lead this pass game. Uh, Kevin O'Connell has that previously mentioned when we talked about Kirk Cousins in the wide receiver or the quarterback episode. He's coming here to town. It's not out of the realm of possibility that we see Justin Jefferson play a role similar to, you know, the guy who finishes the wide receiver one last year in Cooper Cup as, you know, the, that role that he played for the Rams in terms of where he lines up from snap to snap. You know, Cup played 65% of his snaps from the slot. Jefferson only played 31% of his snaps from the slot uh, in 2021. So, you know, that number is going to increase right we see we saw cup use their 65 percent of the time but we also know the receiver that jefferson is on the outside right he's been dominating from there the last two years so i don't think it's going to flip to where he suddenly plays 65 percent of his snaps from the slot but it's probably going to be closer to like 60 40 55 45 something like that um but i think that's going to create more matchup opportunities there was a video on him of him on twitter and you know um in joint practices, I forget the team, but he lined up in the backfield and ran a Texas route on a linebacker. It's like at that point, yeah, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just not even fair. No. Um, we also know, you know, the, 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 you know, that when Jefferson, Justin Jefferson was coming out of college, a lot of people thought that he would be this a slot receiver in the NFL, similar to like a Keenan Allen um, you know, he's not the blocker that maybe uh, Cooper Cup was, um, you know, he, you know, Cooper Cup was down there, you know, blocking defensive linemen at, at times, you know, uh, digging out linebackers. Um, but I think he's going to see more opportunities in the past game for, for the Vikings under O'Connell than we've seen under Mike Zimmer in the past. We've talked about him and, you know, his, his philosophies. Uh, but according to, to sharpfootballstats.com, the Vikings had an early down neutral game script pass rate of 49% in the first half of games in 2021. The Rams, on the other hand, were seventh in, in at uh seventh in the NFL at 58%. And just, you know, as we've talked about, you know, early down neutral game pass rate refers to pass plays that were called on the on first and second down with the score was within six points. So again, that's my long-winded way of reasoning why i have justin jefferson as my wide receiver one going into 2022 yeah i mean he, he's a beast and any type of chance opportunity that you can give him more to get matchup mismatches uh that one play i saw you really need to you know it could be an adr bomb just because he got, had the mismatch not a lot of shadow corners in the league anymore so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be nice yeah i mean the corners again they're starting to make a comeback but you know like you said there's no there's no Darrell yeah. Revis is walking it's still, around. It's still one of the hardest positions and, yeah, but the wide yeah. receivers are getting they just getting better talented too, as well so <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, it's some crazy stuff but greg who's your wide receiver two heading into 2022 
Oh, yeah, definitely got to keep it with Cooper Cup here. There's no reason why he shouldn't finish uh, in the top five every year. I mean, the man led the league in receptions last year, led the league in receiving yards, almost with 2,000 receiving yards, 145 receptions, uh, close to 200 targets. That's ridiculous. Um, and with, the, you know, no Odell. I mean, they brought in Allen Robinson, uh, lost Robert Woods. So, I mean, the target share and the opportunity is going to be there, continue to be there. Uh, it's a working formula. Then won the Super Bowl with it. So, like, w- why not keep going to throwing it to Cooper Cup at a high clip? Um, yeah, this man's an absolute monster. Uh, he doesn't not touchdown defender. That's what you want with these top top receivers. But he had 16 last year, which also that led the league uh, for receivers. So uh, he could do it all. Yeah, Cup's my wide receiver too, as well for sure. Um, you know, like like you said, the triple crown last year led the league in in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Uh, in the receiving department. So, you know, like you already mentioned, no Robert Woods, replace Allen Robinson. Uh, I do think that they do bring Odell back, though. Uh, hmm. Sean McVay. Sean McVay's, like, oh, like publicly clamored for Odell to come back twice at least. Don't be, like, mid-fantasy season, later, like, the last, yeah, later mean, half of the fantasy It'll season, be, yeah. like, in the later half of the year for sure Yeah. Um, if it does happen. But I think that that's something that definitely – could happen um you know odell is already you know he's expressed that he's liked he liked it in la you know and they had success there but anyway i think just that situation um you know alan robinson who you know i know he had a really down year last year but you know the i think that he's still you know capable of being the player that he has been and this is the the first perfect offer for him first quarterback that he's really truly ever really had um And, you know, okay. just John McVay. So, you know, I think that, you know, between Allen Robinson and, you know, potentially Odell coming back, you know, Cooper Cup could not see the 191 targets that he saw last year. So, uh, you know, and then combined. That's an absurd with, number, though. Yeah, it's absurd. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah um, that's an absurd number. And then, you know, but again, like Justin Jefferson, it's, it's also has a lot to do with what I think Justin Jefferson is going to do in, in year three uh, is why I have Cup here as two. But, um, I think that we just like back and forth, Greg. I think we we pretty much just have all the same guys because my wide receiver yeah. three is Jamar Chase, um, and I'm pretty sure he is your he's yours too. You know, broke out Justin Jefferson. You know, broke former receiver or you know teammate Justin Jefferson's receiving yards for uh, receiving yards by a rookie since the merger with 1455, averaged 18 yards per reception. Uh, he had 2.51 yards per route run, according to PFF, that which, you know, is in line with two former LSU wide receivers and the aforementioned Jefferson, who had 2.66, and Odell Beckham Jr., who was a 2.75. Uh, you know, those were their rookie numbers in terms of, you know, what they were able to do. But Chase also has an upper echelon quarterback in Joe Burrow. He had two 200 yard games the only player in the nfl to have two such games in 2021 also the first rookie to ever hit that total twice in the same season uh chase is special man yeah and just gonna continue to ascend in in year two yeah man no those those go routes i mean joe burrow knows that we all know it like you just just give him a shot and half the half the time He's really going to get it, and that's really, that's, a, that's a touchdown right there or a 70-yard play. Uh, he's a big play machine. Out of the three guys, him and Jefferson, like, are just huge big play activity. Uh, I love the rivalry they got going on, two LSU receivers, you know, 
trying to see who's who's the better receiver, young receiver in the game. Uh, yeah, they just challenge each other day in and day out. And it's yeah, Jamar Chase is, is a beast. Um, they're gonna be you know throwing the ball. That's you know either the same amount of clip or similar to it last year. So he's gonna get again those opportunities. He you know can even get more targets this year, and uh, he definitely can do work. Definitely, man. Uh, Jamar Chase is, is he's just yeah. gonna dog, just yeah. gonna continue to dog. Um, I would just love to see Jefferson one day just slide over to Cincy and just you know play with Burrow and, and Jamar again. Like, that'd be, oh man, <laughs> that'd be crazy. Be like, that would be dope. I mean, maybe they could get like could Jefferson, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase to yeah. play with to all play with. with with uh, Joe Burrow, I think that'd be that'd be amazing. Minnesota, you know, doesn't keep winning, and then you know, it can slide over. Yeah, contract, it's gonna be a lot of money. That's, yeah, I mean, we could talk about Minnesota winning or not winning on Monday. Um, <laughs> the wide receivers, the top twelve wide receivers for twenty twenty two. Greg, how do you rank them? So after Jamar Chase at three, I got Stephon Diggs. Uh, after that, I got Debo Samuel. Uh, at five, six, I got C.D. Lamb. Seven, I have Devontae. Eight, Tyreek Hill. Nine, Keenan Allen. Ten, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, at 11, I have Mike Evans. And uh, 12, T. Higgins. Third, Pittman Sr. Okay, okay. I, yo, <laughs> hey, I hear that, brother. I hear that. Um, Yeah, my top three, obviously, we, we went through that. Four, for me, is C.D. Lamb. Uh, five, Devontae Adams, six, Stefan Diggs, seven, Debo Samuel, eight, Keenan Allen, nine, T. Higgins, 10, Tyreek Hill, 11, Michael Pittman Jr., and 12, Michael Thomas. Ooh, I like that. I like that. MT, the comeback player of the year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. Um, so, Greg, why don't you get into your uh, wide receiver bust as we uh, in for twenty twenty two? And again, a bust is not. We don't think this person is a terrible player, right? Not at all. Um, it's just more about you know what we think that you're going to get relative to you know the return on your investment when you you know when you when you go and you spend draft capital to get this player on your team. And Greg, when I saw this. I'll have you know, I went back and forth about th this player and the player I ended up choosing. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm glad that one of us did it at least. Yeah, got to go with, uh, I think, DJ Moore. Um, I guess close to, you know, Mike Williams is always a name that could come up. But I think DJ Moore definitely just one situation. Um, he's, you know, in Carolina. I think the targets are going to drop a little bit. Uh, and he's got Baker Mayfield, who's, you know, usually not a very wide receiver friendly quarterback. Um, so in this history, so I think that's uh, going to play a factor into DJ Moore's statistics this year. Also ADP, he's going to go above guys like Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. He's going above Corlin Sutton, Deontay Johnson. I'm, there's no way I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Like there's guys I'm taking definitely uh, over DJ Moore in this situation. If I want, uh, I say wide receiver 14. So you're taking him if you don't have a, you know, Top pick, say you took a running back first. You're you're looking at your wide receiver one, uh, and I, I'd rather definitely have those names uh, over him. So yeah, I'm DJ Moore, definitely. I think go. He's going as wide receiver 14. If according to fantasy pros, 
I can't see him. I think he's, you know, outside of barely in the top 20 for me. Yeah, brother, I feel the same the same way. I mean, there's like the situation is not great. Uh, he, he hasn't been a huge touchdown guy in his career either. Um, so you can't even really depend on that. And, you know, if you've listened to the show, you know that I absolutely love DJ Moore. I know, Greg, Max, you, like, you love DJ Moore as well. I uh, think he's a phenomenal player. I just don't love his situation, especially, yeah. especially when you compare it to, like you said, some of the guys he's going around, right? Like, would you, like Allen Robinson, Jalen Waddle, like, yeah. like, you know, some of these guys who, yeah, they might be wide receiver twos on their team per se, but they're still going to get heavy the targets. Leagues, yeah, they're going to the quality of targets are going to be much better than what DJ Moore is going to be dealing with. Um, you know, but I do see a world where DJ Moore does finish as a top 12 wide receiver, right? Because he is so talented that if you just funnel 140 targets through to him or 150 targets, like what could that potentially become? It's just for me, I just, I'm betting on the probability that, you know, that that's, it's not going to be a very advantageous situation. And and, and I, I feel that a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and, it's somewhat similar to how I feel about my wide receiver bus for 2022. And, and again, another guy that I love in, in Deontay Johnson, easily one of my favorite wide receivers. 10 in the plus? NFL. 10 plus Deontay? Oh, Deontay. man. But, you know, like, again, this doesn't have to do with him as much as it has to do with the situation that he's in. He's entering a situation where he's, he's losing Big Ben, who, you know, we say what we want but he was a veteran quarterback and one that this football team allowed, you know, that, you know, they, they allowed him to drop back and throw the ball. So this team had a high pass rate because of big Ben. And so Deontay Johnson, who saw 169 targets last year was able to get that volume because the Steelers, even though Ben was, you know, even though it was like a five yard, a dot, seven yards, it was, it was still going, it was still a pass. And in PPR leagues, that's still a reception. So um, he doesn't have that veteran quarterback. He's got to transition to Mitchell Trubisky, who we've seen how that's gone before. And, or a rookie and Kenny Pickett, who I think, you know, could provide some upside, but either way, I think that this offense is making that transition where they're going to go through a guy in in Najee Harris, you know, to be their workhorse. And that's going to be their identity. and, you know, so we see less pass attempts from the Steelers offense, which means that even if he hits the 28.5% target share that he had last year, it's worth less than it was, you know, last year. And then you combine that with the fact that you have a, a year three Chase Claypool who they're moving into the slot, um, who actually I think could probably get even more opportunities down the field because that wasn't part of Big Ben's strengths. And then impressive rookie George Pickens who, you know, targets are created by getting open and if you're getting open and you're consistently getting open you're going to you're going to get targeted the football and if George Pickens is getting open and he's you know everything that you've heard out of camp every day there's been a highlight and then he carries that over in a preseason and like this isn't and a he's guy that just you, pushing a corner every game pushing <laughs> this isn't a, this isn't a guy that you just you know this isn't some like fifth round undrafted or you know some fifth round pick from you know, some no-name school, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not in a disrespect to anybody, but like a smaller school, um, you know, like for, 
this is not one of those situations where this guy's just like, oh, he's making he's you know making plays. Like he played at Georgia, he was a talented prospect. He only really slipped because of the injuries, you know, had had a torn ACL, was dealing with that. But this 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 kid is a good football player. And, yeah, and the Steelers way, drafted him. The Steelers know how to draft wide receivers. So the best team at doing it. So I'm gonna trust it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna trust it at that point. Like that's you know, sign seal delivered at that point. So uh yeah, I think all of that just is gonna cap, you know, we see the dip in the target share, also some inconsistency. I think that's just gonna cap Deontay Johnson's upside. You know, he's going off the board as as the wide receiver 18, you know, not far from DJ Moore, who's the wide receiver 14. And you know, I've got them, you know close like more like in wide receiver three range you know based on on uh my rankings but um now that that one's out of the way greg why don't you get into your wide receiver sleeper my sleeper this year is gonna be Devonte smith for the philadelphia eagles uh just i think his situation you know elevated a little bit i think in jalen hurts getting better uh coming to it being you know more passing in there and developing also, the addition of A.J. Brown, I think, is just only going to help him more. I don't see how it would hurt him in any way. Uh, matchup just causing mismatches for him, causing matchup issues. Uh, maybe, you know, last year in his rookie year, he wasn't ready to take that, be that number one alpha dog. But I think this year, well, going against secondary corners, maybe put him in the slot a bit more. He's going to get a uh, good value, I think, for where he's going uh, in an ADP. And, you know, had over 100 targets last year. So definitely nothing to, you know, laugh at. And think Devontae Smith gives you good value according to fantasy pros going at the wide receiver 37 I see you know definitely in the realm of possibilities he finishes in that top that top 25 uh because of uh you know his production and what the you know the opportunity he's going to see yeah I like that one as well I mean uh Jalen Hurts is my wide is my quarterback for um and in you know and if you just make that leap in your head that hey they add AJ Brown and what if they become, you know, a little bit more pass happy, you know, what if Jalen Hurts takes another stride as a passer and you could tell yourself this story where Devontae Smith is just getting one-on-one coverage on the backside of AJ Brown. And it's just... one of the best route runners coming out of college. <laughs> like it's about to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So he's about to, you know, what, uh, I think D- uh, Dallas Goddard called him Casper. Said he just, <laughs> just disappears. He just disappears. He does, so, bro. Um, yeah, it's it, he's he's definitely a treat to watch as a player, and I, I definitely like this one. Um, I'm going I'm going deep in the bag here. Okay, deep in the bag here. Isaiah McKenzie uh, is a guy that I'm I'm consistently looking to target, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, he's a guy that's always flashed. He's got an opportunity. Uh, he got an opportunity last year to start against New England when he filled in for Cole Beasley. He was basically almost uncoverable that day. 11 catches on 12 targets for 125 yards and a touchdown. And he's now got a chance to be the starting slot wide receiver for Josh Allen. Cole Beasley had occupied that slot, the, you know, these, you know, the, the last few years, but he's now a free agent. The Bills chose not to bring him back. Uh, and that's because they they know what they have in a player like Isaiah McKenzie, whose only competition to fill that spot was Jamison Crowder. And according to all reports, he's clearly ahead of Crowder. Uh, Beasley, yeah. on average, a lot the last three years saw 108 targets, 
uh, come for coming from Josh Allen. I think McKenzie will absorb a lot of those, if not all of them. And he's not, he may not be the route runner that Cole Beasley is, but he's, I think he's got a, a little bit more juice than Cole Beasley does to make some plays, you know, more down the field and, and so do some stuff after the catch. And he's basically free at a wide receiver 73. Oh, yeah. That's on price tag, according to 444.com's multi site ADP. You like, what you you won't even see him in your draft. Yeah, like, you won't see how, him in the, the. You have to like search his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how far down the list that he is. Uh, but I I love what he brings to the table uh, as a wide receiver that you're basically getting for free and is going to walk in. Uh, and you know you're getting exposure to Josh Allen and that explosive pass offense. Uh, and and PPR leagues again, you know if he's getting if if you know. The, the 12 target day against New England, if that's the, the good day, you know, the great day, then, you know, maybe the good day is like six or seven targets, right? And, you know, being a slot receiver, those are higher percentage targets, you know, so I, I'm going to take my chances on a guy like that who's basically free. Yeah, who's who's basically free. I mean, at, at that point, you know, he's definitely going to be a name like week one wave wire. You know, I, I could see that definitely his name popping up immediately. Uh, and then people are just going to, you know, then start adding him like, you sub him in for Kobe Z. Kobe Z was getting targets every week, uh, and a consistent wide receiver three. And, and to get that for free is going to be essential. Definitely, man. Um, Greg, what who's your wide receiver breakout this year? Just look his name up. Actually, mean he was the chief of the Egyptian gods, Amon Ra St. Brown. I mean, that that's just an amazing name, first of all. And yeah, I mean, he's going to be breaking out, uh, definitely this year, doing what he's got to do. I mean, just think about the games he started. He only started nine games last year, and he had 90 receptions for 912 yards. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> Over 100 targets in nine games that he started. So if you just take the game to start, that's almost 100 yards per game. Uh, he's definitely a guy that's going to be out here. And on a bad team in a bad situation, uh, situation that what ha- doesn't really have improved too much. But Amon Ross St. Brown, if I believe he did it last year in the, in the games he's played, I believe he's going to keep doing it this year. Over 75% catch rate, too. You love a good catch percentage. Uh, he, he's a stud, and I think he's going to definitely be a guy that we're talking about taking, you know, in the second, third round next year. I, I, I This is like music to my ears as I yes, sit sir. here. Because I just remember <laughs> last year, you know, I was. Oh, yeah. I oh, was yeah. Every week. Every week. I'm on raw. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm glad to have you on board, Greg. I'm totally on board with you. Amara Ross Brown is somebody that, um, unfortunately, because, you know, these next two guys I'm going to talk about in a little bit, I don't have a lot of exposure to because I've got to pay the, you know, it's a similar price point and that's, that's what I got to pay. But, you know, I do have some exposure in Dynasty League, so I'm happy about that. But I, I love what Amon Ross can, can do this mm-hmm. year in his second, you know, his second year uh, in the NFL. Um, you know, catches 202 balls a day, so not 200, not 200, not 201. Yes, 202. 202. He thought about the next level, you know, he thought about, oh, what if he does 201? I'm gonna do 202, yes, sir. Yeah, so, uh, definitely, if you don't know what we're talking about, go check out Hard Knocks. Amon Ross St. Brown talks about why he catches 202 balls on the drug machine a day. Um, but anyway, love the pick. My wide receiver breakout. I mean, if you if you know me, if you've been paying attention to some of the things on the wall, then you would know that I have to talk about him. 
wide receiver breakout for 2022 <laughs> is Brandon Ayuk. I see. I feel like he's already kind of like he did yeah. a stretch of break. Nah, nah. He's nah, trying to get to count. that. Uh, nah, nah. Yeah, okay, okay. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> he uh, like did the wave. You know, he came back. You know. Yeah, I no, but I mean, we gotta now. He's got to be rewarded for it by what you that draft capital that you use, right? Right. Because he's still right. not even. You're still kind of paying, you know, fifth round pick on him, you know, sixth gotcha. round pick. Gotcha. So, you know, you got to just want to reel him in a little bit, Greg, you know. This is yes, this sir. is a long game, right? We've been I've been banging a drum for Ayuk for like 3 years now. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. You know, he was not my guy for me last year, so it was kind of rough going through that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> going through the lows with him. But we made it back. But anyway, this this one's that's about 20 That's a real my guy. You stay true to him. Stay exactly. True. Stayed so true that this year we're like, hey, you know what? The full breakout. Um, but yeah, he's he's got he's my breakout for 2022. He started last year in a doghouse for Kyle Shanahan through the first five games, Greg. Nine catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. That's like a game worth. That's like one that's a game solid worth. game. <laughs> that's a game. That's a Justin Jefferson half right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, just to put it in perspective, that's a 17 game pace, 326 yards on 31 receptions. Uh, the last 11 games, though, that Greg was talking about, right? That stretch that he had at the end, that would have put him on a 17 game pace of 73 receptions, 1,128 yards, and six touchdowns. Just a completely different player. And by all accounts, that's carried over into the offseason and training camp with Demo Samuel, you know, having done his holdout. He'd been leading the wide receivers, you know, basically through all their drills, assuming that leadership, that leadership position for the Niners. He's been getting all the work with Trey Lance, you know, been dominated. The, the Niners did what they could to, to upgrade their cornerback position. And Ayuk was giving them headaches, you know, all summer. Um, you know, those new corners, Traverius Ward, and I forget the the you know, the other guy that's over there. But essentially, I believe in the player. It seems that Kyle Shanahan does too, uh, and with the chemistry that he's that he's been forging with Trey Lance, I, I, I'm I'm all in. I I have been all in for a while, but this is when I say everybody we could we could put all the chips in this year. without you? Yeah, I mean I think because he had such a he had a good rookie season. Probably came into the sophomore year like you know I, I'm I got this and stuff, and he came in a little lazy and then just start off slow. But he's here now. You know he gotta gotta work for it definitely to to come out of jump and start. Yeah, man, he's definitely. Uh, you know, elevating. Uh, but, but Greg, speaking of elevating, I feel like, you know, there's a common theme here today um, with, especially with you, uh, it seems like you have a lot of young wide receivers on your list uh, as, you know, as do I for the most part, but Isaiah McKenzie, I guess kind of breaks that mold for me, but Greg, who is your, your wide receiver, my guy for 2022? Oh man. It's just a, a guy that, you know, I felt coming into last year, high strongly on Michael Pittman Jr., uh, and the fact that he, you know, he, he came through for me last year, that, that earns you my guy right there, first of all. And then, uh, the fact that, you know, he quietly didn't like have an explosive season. He only had 1,082 yards, uh, only 129 targets. So there's just way more room for improvement, way more room for him to take that lead to get a, a close to 150 targets and get, uh, over 1,100 yards easy. I mean, he's going to be an alpha dog in this offense. Uh, and yeah, Michael Pittman Jr., with the touchdown suit can go up as well. Only had six last year. Uh, just love his game. Um, love everything he does. And yeah, he's my guy for sure going into this year. Yeah. I, I, I love Michael Pittman Jr. Um, you know, you know, been, we've been 
big fans of Michael Pittman Jr. on this show for for since he, since his rookie year. Really, honestly, um, you know, and and last year was a was a good year for him, and now he gets a quarterback upgrade with Matt Ryan. So mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's gonna be something that helps elevate him to the upper echelon of of fantasy wide receivers. You know, you have him at wide receiver ten, clearly planting your flag as a wide receiver. My guy, he's he's a wide receiver eleven for me, so I'm not too far behind you. Um, so yeah, definitely love what you know Michael Pittman Jr. could do this year. Um, wide receiver, my guy for me. Uh, you know, this is pretty much on brand for me. I, I you know, it's, it, I have to. You know, it's my guy Elijah Moore. Uh, you know, had 43 receptions for 538 receiving yards and five touchdowns in 2021. Um, played in just 11 games. But if you actually look at the first five games, he only had nine receptions for 79 yards. That's like worse than, you know, that's like Justin Jefferson in a quarter, Greg, right? Like yeah. nine, nine <laughs> 79. Um, but then in week eight, he just hit another level. Uh, those next six games, he had 34 receptions, 459 yards, five touchdowns, 17-game uh, pace of 96 receptions for 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. Between weeks nine and 13, he was the wide receiver two, only behind the aforementioned Justin Jefferson in total PPR points. He averaged 20.1 PPR points per game during that time. And obviously you can point to the draft pick of Garrett Wilson and, you know, you know, or that Garrett, you know, Garrett Davis, you know, wasn't out there or not Garrett Davis, Corey Davis wasn't out there, you know, but he was targeted on 24% of his routes which is 80th percentile number when looking at the 89 wide receivers that had 50 or more targets. He He's also got an OC in Mike LaFleur that cooks up ways to get more of the ball. And, you know, Moore was a very good route runner as well. He's he's one of the better route runners in the league, uh, you know, was scored high marks in Matt Harmon's reception perception, uh, which charts, you know, wide receivers' abilities to get open, whether they're being targeted the football or not. Uh, and so he was getting hot, he was getting open against man coverage at a high rate. So that projects, you know, pretty pretty well for fantasy success. And Elijah Moore uh, is a guy I think can can reach that success. Yeah, definitely a huge fan of Elijah Moore. Uh, you no, know, a guy that you know, from yeah from from you and from just like rumors and everything around. He's a guy that uh, got mid last season exploded. Uh, on the scene, uh, so upset that he got hurt towards the end of the year because definitely would have had him for uh, you know, a possible playoff run. Like I just think he was just going to keep getting stronger all year. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's definitely going to be a guy that I'm be paying attention to uh, on the Jets, and that's going to be, you know, that's definitely hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> right, to be fantasy relevant on the Jets, I mean, that's like three players I think we've talked about in two right, days. Right, Um not because I'm not because I'm here, but because we actually would have had no, no, yeah, no. Talk objectively, about. like guys that you know you you want to you want to draft this year for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's everybody's favorite time. Play some ADP game, Greg. Yes, sir. We talked about this a little bit already because mm-hmm. he was your your wide receiver bust, but DJ Moore, who. According to 444.com's multi-site ADP going off the board is the wide receiver 14 versus Jalen Waddle, who's going off the board as the wide receiver 17 with the fifth pick in the fourth round in 12-team leagues. Which of these guys would you prefer at their current ADP price? 
was it Jalen Waddle versus who? DJ Moore. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going with Jalen Waddle. I mean, that's easy. At DJ Moore, my bust. Jalen Waddle, uh, we talked about the reasons why that would be possible, just with the targets, the possible opportunity that you know, Jalen Waddle is going to get with a guy like Tua, you know, who can not, you know, necessarily a high ADOT guy. I mean, he'll probably be higher this year with Tyreek Hill, but Jalen Waddle was a reception PPR machine last year. Um, and I just like that value. It's a little safer. Uh, and yeah, the situation again, different for DJ Moore. Um, again, with Bacon Redford at the quarterback, not as good as the offense. Uh, I think that Miami is going to be this year. Yeah. Jalen Waddle actually, you know, I talked about DJ Moore being a consideration for me as a bust candidate. Uh, but Jalen Waddle was in consideration for me as a, as a, my guy. So, right. um, that's uh, just to kind of put that in perspective of, of what I'm thinking here. Jalen Waddle's a guy that he really uh, showed last year that he he could. We know what he can do as a deep ball receiver, but last year we really learned what he could do as just like a PPR threat and some of the things he could do after the catch. And so Jalen Waddle is definitely the guy that I'm I'm looking to to target. Um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I, I yeah, I've, I've, I've obviously been, he, I drafted him on our League of Extraordinary People, um, you know, drafted him in the third round. So I, I obviously think very highly of him. You know, he's a guy that can definitely, you know, make some plays. And with Tyreek Hill, similar to, you know, the, the Devontae Smith thing, right? With Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. pulling coverage, you know, on the other side, that's going to allow Jalen Waddle to, to be able to, to see you know, uh, second second corners and be able to, to make plays after the catch, especially with Mike McDaniel coming in, being a creative offensive mind, uh, you know, being able to cook some stuff up as well. Yeah. Looks like Bianca chose Waddle as well. Hey, you already know. I already know we're going to be waddling all season, yo. <laughs> wow, it's the Jets relevance for me about time. <laughs> Clap emoji. Yes, I, I, I agree as well. <laughs> um. <laughs> Moving on to our our next one, and I feel like I tried to make this tough on you, Greg. Um, but wide receiver DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. current wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, and right, former right, right. wide receiver for Russell Wilson, going off the board as wide receiver nineteen, the twelfth pick in the fourth round, or Cortland Sutton, Ooh. current Denver Broncos wide receiver and current wide receiver for. Russ for uh, Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson going off the board is the wide receiver 20, the second pick in the fifth round. Yeah, I'm definitely playing that Corlin Sutton price. Um, not for talent. I mean, I think DK is one of the most talented receivers in the league. Like, pound for pound, it's, just, it's amazing. He's, I think he's top three, but you know, situation again here, uh, playing into who DK's Metcalf quarterback is going to be. Geno Smith, it might probably end up being a mix of uh, Drew Locke as well at some point in the season. You never really know. Uh, Seattle didn't want to get a get a quarterback this year or trade for Jimmy G. Uh, and then, you know, that that affects DK's targets, his quality of targets. And situation for Cortland Sutton, you got one of the best quarterbacks of, of all time just playing with him now. Uh, and also, you know, the loss of Tim Patrick really elevated Cortland Sutton a little bit, uh, definitely in his ADP, and I'm still willing to buy that price. Uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, I could wherever he's drafted, he's you know ADP uh, wide receiver twenty. He's going to finish the top twenty season for sure. 
Yeah, I've got him in my top 15, and I I, I do lean Cortland Sutton here um, because, you know, DK Metcalf, we already know we already know that Pete Carroll is going to run or run the football. That's what he wants yeah. to do. Wants to run the football, <laughs> wants to, um, you know, play defense. And he was throwing the football because Russell Wilson was like, hey, you know, Pete, like, you got to throw the football. Like, I also want to be traded or like, you know, like, or, <laughs> hey, like, let's throw the football some more or I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm angry right now. So, like, right. you know, when – your quarterbacks are Geno Smith and Drew Locke, then you're going to be in a situation where you're going to want to run the football a little bit more, right? You have Rashad Penny, who you're paying some money to. You you spend a, a high draft pick on um, Ken Walker the third. You're in a situation where you're going to want to run the football and try to play good defense and then – when teams know you're going to throw, try to throw the football, it's Geno Smith and or Drew Locke dropping back to do it. And the quality targets aren't going to be great for that, like in those situations. So give me the guy in the better situation yep. um, who's going to potentially, who's going to see good pass volume because that team's going to want to throw the football. And um, yeah, I'll take my chances there. Let's move on to another uh, duo of wide receivers here. Juju Smith-Schuster going off the board, wide receiver 28. The fifth pick in the sixth round, now playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, or Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints wide receiver, who's going up the board, wide receiver 30, the 12th pick in the sixth round. Greg, what say you? I'm going to go Michael Thomas here slightly. Uh, I think. Both their situations are favorable. Um, Michael Thomas, I think, could slide into the more of that alpha dog role back in New Orleans versus Juju Smith. And I was never, I mean, you know, it was horrible with Big Ben. I mean, the, his ADOT was looking like running back numbers. It was crazy out here. Like, Juju Smith which is not a big play guy, you know, not compared to you know, his rookie and sophomore year. So it definitely left a stain in my uh, mind. But I think you know, you got Pat Mahomes definitely going to be, you know, rocking it down the field. But I, I think he still, you know, plays to his shorter A-dot type build. Uh, and Michael Thomas, big play activity, more targets per game, I think. Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. Looks like Bianca is going here, Juju here, because she, she's she roots for the Chiefs. So she's saying, Juju, go Chiefs. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> Juju's going to, you know, help him football. He probably would be one of those better football players than – Fantasy player. I think, she, I think she's calling you out here. She's saying, what, G? <laughs> um, I'm going with Michael Thomas as well. I mean, we talked about where I my, my wide receiver rankings for 2022. I have him as my wide receiver 12. So there's not – I didn't list Juju as, as a as – a, oh, there, there she goes. What, Greg, you're a traitor. <laughs> Anyways, um, wide receiver – uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was not in my top 12 at all. So easily I'm going Michael Thomas here. Yeah. Uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster is, is again, we talk about the ADOT and what it's been with with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I do think that gets better, but mm -hmm. I also am not going to draft him highly because it, he also has to play with Travis Kelsey, who's going to dominate all those targets. They also gave the same amount of money to Mar Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, who 
you know, by all accounts has, has played played well in preseason as well. So, you know, I'm in a situation here where I'm give me the guy who's proven it. He's proven to be the alpha. Uh, you know, his quarterback situation, he's got Jameis Winston. Like, I'm okay with that, but he's also proven that he can do it despite the quarterback. And by the way, the backup's Andy Dalton. So I'm not even really concerned about, you know, the quarterback situation in New Orleans, you know, as it pertains to Michael Thomas being a productive fantasy player or, or fantasy asset. Uh, and, you know, his competition for targets is a, is a rookie, Chris Olave, and, you know, Jarvis Landry, who, you know, he's a good player, but he's not going to dominate Michael Thomas for targets. So, you know, give me Michael Thomas. Um, you know, before we jump to tight ends, Greg, got one more for you. I feel okay. like it's five receivers, so you know we you know just had to give a little bit more. Okay. Uh, Alan Lazard going up the board, wide receiver, thirty nine, the twelfth pick mm-hmm. in the eighth round, playing for the Green Bay Packers, and Christian Kirk going off the board as the wide receiver, forty, the second pick in the ninth round. Greg, who are you leaning towards? That's tough. This is. You know, two receivers you're taking probably like later in the draft, like for for upside. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards the more upside here. Alan Lazard playing with one of the greatest quarterbacks, also as well of all time. Uh, I think, and just opportunity here. The the window is open for for any receiver really to take this. Uh, you know, the lead targets in, in the Packers, but I think Alan Lazard most chemistry with Aaron Rodgers so far. You know, Aaron Rodgers loves that. Um. I think I'm gonna go with Alan Lazard. Pay that price. Uh, he can be a guy that can get. You know, definitely, I could see him in the realm of getting seven targets a game easy. Yeah, I, I, Alan Lazard is is definitely the choice here for me as well. Just because the quarterback is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah. You know, I think that that's gonna provide. Uh, you know, some quality targets there for Alan Lazard, who's filled in well for Devontae Adams in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's played well in the past when filling in as that wide receiver one. So I'm definitely, definitely interested here in Alan Lazard at his price tag. Um, Christian Kirk, I think he is a little undervalued, though. Um, you know, he's a wide receiver 40. Actually, I don't want to say he's undervalued because I, I I have him ranked about there as well. I, I do think Alan Lazard is undervalued at his price tag. But Kirk, I think, is a guy that can provide good value based on where he's going you know, he's a guy that can probably be a flex option or, you know, a, you know, a, you know, a, a wide receiver three, you know, have some wide receiver three wide receiver two type weeks, you know, let's not forget all these wide receivers are getting paid. Now we, Christian Kirk started that, started that trend with his contract. All these wide receivers are like, you're paying him. So, uh, <laughs> so Christian Kirk uh, definitely, you know, the Jaguars paid him all that money. They think he's a good player. They're probably going to have to use him to utilize him. And, and you know, Trevor Lawrence uh, is probably going to be looking his way, you know, most of the time. But yeah. let's move on to the tight end position. We're cramming two shows Ooh. in one here. Yes, sir. So right We're back. We're going OT. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and, again, just to recap the top 12 tight ends in, in fantasy points per game from 2021, Mark Andrews was number one, Travis Kelsey two, Rob Gronkowski three, George Kittle four, Dalton Schultz five, TJ Hawkinson six, Darren Waller seven, Dallas Goddard eight, Dawson Knox nine, Zach Ertz ten, Kyle Pitts eleven, and Noah Fant finished as the tight end twelve. 
tight end 20 or in 2021, a little tongue twister there. My or 2021, Travis Kelsey for the first time finished as not the tight end one for the first time in like five years. Um, I do have him as my wide receiver one or my tight end one this year. Um, again, finished as a tight end two in total fantasy points and in fantasy points per game. He very well could have been my tight end two had the Chiefs not traded away Tyreek Hill. Uh, but with a hundred with 340 vacated targets from last year, second most in the NFL, I'm expecting Kelsey to absorb some of those targets that get left behind. Not all of them, but some of them. Uh, Kelsey is getting up there in age. His age 33 season is this year. Uh, but I, I think given the volume that should be there, the quarterback and the offense, that another tight end one finish is not out of the question. Greg, you seem to be muted. First first time of many of the season. Definitely going, going with you. Agree with you. Travis Kelsey uh, is also my tight end one. Um, that just makes the most sense with the that amount of targets is crazy. I mean, a star player you're missing, uh, and you know you're automatically going to go to want to go to a guy you trust, trust the most. And Travis Kelsey is Pat Mahomes, uh, probably his number one target when it's really time to you know money down situations. Uh, so that's just more opportunities for Travis Kelsey to get it done. Definitely there. Uh, I didn't put the graphic up there, but yes, he is also your your tight end one. Uh, Bianca saying Kelsey go Chiefs. She's also saying I can't believe Travis Kelsey and Kayla broke up. This is some next level inside information right here. I guess Travis Kelsey broke up with his girlfriend Kayla Nicole. Oh wondering. man, nah, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> I was always a fan, you know, of that relationship. Dag, yo, that's crazy. Oh man, <laughs> Bianca's wondering how that will affect his playing. So I don't know. We'll see. You know, your Good. your mind or it can even motivate him even more. You know. Your mind, your body, and your soul gotta be gotta be interconnected um for you to you know to, to perform at a high level. So you know sure. we'll see we'll see what happens with, with Travis Kelsey there. Um I guess moving on to my tight end two on the season. Mark Andrews, again, he finished at the tight end one last year after seeing 153 targets, which was easily a career high for him. Uh, now, a lot of that could have had to do with the fact that the Ravens had to throw the ball a lot due to some more negative game script than we've seen from them uh, than they've had to encounter in the past. But Andrews was unstoppable for the Ravens, uh, no matter who was the, who the quarterback was. The Ravens are another team with a bunch of vacated targets after trading away their speedy wide receiver, Marquise Brown. They have 267 vacated targets available, uh, fourth most in the NFL. Andrews should see some of those, which should offset what I think is an overall reduction in the pass rate compared to what the, the Ravens did last year. Um, Greg, who's your tight end to this year? Yeah, definitely with you. Mark Andrews, I mean, 153 targets last year. Uh, you know, losing Hollywood Brown opens up even more opportunity for him. That that guy, you know, he's just was still last year, you know, definitely was finally the year I think people stopped slapping on Mark Andrews. Uh, just every week, just so stable uh, in the offense. And he's going to be, you know, a top guy this year, over 1,300 yards for uh, tight end last year. That's that's receiver numbers. Um, yeah. And the only, you know, he was banged up throughout the year too and still did what he had to do. Like, that's crazy. 
I just want to be clear. We didn't sleep on Mark Andrews on this show. Oh, no, never. Never that. Never. never that. Uh, we were day ones yeah. from day one. So, um, yeah, my, uh, my tight end three going into this year. And, I, again, uh, this is a guy that I had ranked highly last year. I'm going to continue to rank him highly. Um, it's Kyle Pitts, man. He's the wide receiver playing tight end. Uh, he's a walking cheat code. His rookie year was underwhelming from a fantasy perspective. But overall, Pitts was dominant as a rookie, had 68 receptions, 1,026 yards. That was 15.1 yards per reception. That's second most in NFL history for a rookie tight end behind Mike Dicka. I can't believe that that's still a record and that Mike Dicka was the one to hold it. But, yeah, Mike Dicka, the one that's on TV that says go Bears, that guy. Yeah, um, he did only score one touchdown. But, you know, like I talked about often last year, that number is due to regress in the positive direction. As a tight end, having that many yards, he, he should have scored more touchdowns. He's young. He's only going to get better. And like I said last year, it's only a matter of time until he is the tight end one. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. We're, we're top three the same way. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a stud. He's absolutely stud. We just drafted him last night in our fantasy draft, our co-own team, uh, Kyle Pitts. So, I'm really excited about that. I pitched the fool, by the way. If you peep that team name, uh huh, uh huh. Yes, sir. Like <laughs> Kyle Pitts, gonna get it done. I mean, you know, we had him last year, and he still was a solid tight end. And like, there's so much opportunity. I think of all the players in NFL, like pass catchers in general, he has the most untapped potential. Like for you know what his stats could be statistically this year. Yeah, I mean, if you told me right now Kyle Pitts is gonna put up like 1,400 yards and like 12 touchdowns, I'd be like, I could see that. I could, I could see that, right? Like he had one, well, one last year, so yeah. Only yeah, that. he only had one. He's due, yeah. right? Yeah, not no saying he's, yeah. yeah, he's not saying he's going to score all the touchdowns he didn't score last year, but he, he will not – he yeah. will score more than, than one than one touchdown. Yeah. Um. Moving on to our top 12s. Uh, obviously, we talked about the top three. My – well, see, my tight end four is Darren Waller. Five is George Kittle. Six is Dalton Schultz. Seven is Hunter Henry. Eight, Zach Ertz. Nine, TJ Hawkinson. Ten, Dallas Goddard. Eleven, David Njoku. And twelve, Cole Komet. Yeah, so I'm going to go with at four, George Kittle as well. Five, Darren Waller. Six, TJ Hawkinson. Seven, Dalton Schultz. Eight, Dallas Goddard. Nine, my guy Pratt Fire Murph, 10, Zach Ertz, uh, 11, Dawson Knox, and uh, number 12, Al O, Albert Obogunwale. 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 Al, if you're watching, we're sorry. Al O, Al O, all year. All year. All right, let's get into. Some of these superlatives, and I guess I'll start with uh, my tight end bust, uh, and and that's going to be Dawson Knox, who finished as the tight end nine last year, and he's being universally drafted as a top ten tight end, and he was great last year, forty nine receptions, five hundred eighty seven yards, nine touchdowns, uh, but he fin he finished as the wide as the tight end nine. I'm gonna keep doing that. Finishes the tight end nine in PPR points per game, but similar to my issue that I had with James Conner. When we did the running back show, most of that production was touchdown dependent. 33 of his 33% of his fantasy points were accounted for by touchdowns. The 
the average for tight ends in that sample size was 19%. So I'd rather wait on some guys like, like an Al O or, or, or Robert Tunyon or a guy like Hunter Henry, who's, who's going really late. Uh, and obviously I, I said, I ranked highly at seven. So um, yeah, that's, that's my bust for 2022. It's always tough to pick. I think any like other suburbs for tight ends because it's not a very deep position, but I'm going to go with Cole Komet. Um, according to Fantasy Pros, he is going at the tight end 12. Uh, above guys, you know, you said Al O. I still kind of want him over him. Uh, you know, Noah Fant, I think, can get some targets uh, definitely in this situation. Uh, it's just that range where you're just, you. if you didn't get the the top five or six, you, you're you're waiting and you want um, probably – other than you know Pat Fryer for me, I'm I'm if I don't get him, I'm definitely waiting a little bit. So Cole Komet, especially with the situation, um, I think in Chicago, Justin Fields, uh, he does throw to his tight end. I mean, I think still more going to rely on his legs and uh more of a low passing volume here, except for Darnell Mooney, who's going to get all, every target on the man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I have some words to say about this one, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it later. Um. <laughs> But yeah, my my tight end sleeper for 2021. I did, you know, I, I referenced Hunter Henry, who I said is going. He's going late. Um, I think he's going as like the tight end, uh, like tight end 14 or 15, something, something. He's going really late. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to put. I wanted to put him down as a sleeper. But there's, you know, I feel like, you know, I could just come on here and tell you guys, like, hey, I have Hunter Henry as my tight end seven you know, try to scoop him up earlier. Um, you know, I feel like that's easier because again, like we, like you were saying, tight end position is tough, right? Yeah. Like if you're so not getting tough. one of the top like five guys, or I would say Don, Don Schultz is probably like the last of the top tight ends that I will, that I would, yeah. I would like really want to target with like a fifth or a sixth round pick. Um, after that, I'm just going to wait. Um, yep. But if you end up out of luck and you got nowhere to go and Al O is gone, Hunter Henry's gone, uh, I'm going to go with a guy like Robert Tunyon. You know, enjoyed a breakout season in 2020, uh, tore his ACL in 2021 after just eight games. He's been practicing as of late. Seems like he may be ready to go in week one. And again, for a position that's an absolute mess after say five or six guys, Tunning is the kind of guy I'm willing to take a shot on late. If I end up, you know, having to wait on a position, he's proven that he can done it. He's attached to a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers no longer have Devonte Adams to absorb all those targets. They are fifth in the NFL in vacated targets of 248 uh, between the losses of Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, plus others. Uh, Tunyon is basically free tight end 22. And again, I have him in my top 15 at the position. So if you, if you end up, you know, out of luck and you're late, you're sitting there late looking for a guy and all these other guys that we've talked about are gone, then yeah, Tunyon's a guy for me. Yeah. Do like that for sure. Um, my sleeper been talking about, uh, brought his name up like five times in the last minute. Oh, uh, for the Denver Broncos, just again, quarterback situation, uh, upgraded tremendously. Uh, also, the fact that Tim Patrick being down, I think, just gives targets to the entire team uh, and as a whole. He definitely was an important piece that, you know, um, what is going to make some noise this year. So I like Al O, even in his backup role last year, anytime no fan was banged up 
or did what he had to do in a lesser situation, I all came through. Um, so, yeah, I, I like him as a talent. Uh, almost got 500 yards last last season. Uh, oh, sorry, through almost 400 yards last season receiving. Um, and, yeah, I like his situation. He bumped up, and he's going uh, outside the top 15 for tight ends. So, yeah, that's um, basically if you're taking two tight ends, maybe one or two leagues is doing that. But so, yeah, yeah he's he's going almost for free. He's like at this, definitely at a discount. Yeah, I, I, I like I'm going back and forth with Al O. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think when I did my projections, like back in like May, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, tight end 12, like top 12 tight end, you know, put him on the on my board as a breakout. And I was prepared to talk to him, talk about him as a breakout. Um, but there was a, there was a, like, there were all these reports that he was like splitting time with Greg Dulcich, who I think is actually injured currently, um, probably going to miss some time, but he was, you know, in this situation where he's splitting time with Greg Dulcich. And then I'm watching a preseason game and like none of the, the, the Bronco starters are playing. Like Russell Wilson hasn't played a snap in preseason. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, they're not playing, but Al O is out there running into the fourth quarter. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Why, why is Al O running in the fourth quarter? So I decided at that point I have a, a ton of Al O stock already uh, between, um, you know, some best ball leagues I had done and, and whatnot. So I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop picking up some Al O stock for a little bit. Uh, but I definitely Great. love the upside because, like you like, know, like you said, he's basically going for free. You know, you could you could take him. You know, you could take him and take a guy like. You know, I would say a Cole Komet, but in your case, you could take a guy like Pat Fryermuth, and you could and you could pair them together, and you could see, you know, what, you know, what you, you know, which of these guys ends up being better, and then you could end up just cutting them, right? Or like, you know, trying to make if both both guys end up good, you make a trade. So I I, I do like the prospects out. Oh, attached to a great quarterback in Russell Wilson, um, he's definitely the high upside, you know, kind of athlete that we look for when we target tight end late. Yeah, yeah, definitely like that. Um, my tight end breakout is somebody that you don't like this year, Greg, because he's your bus, uh, and that's Cole Komet. <laughs> and so, uh, again, Komet's my breakout for 2022. Like I previously mentioned, I swear I wanted it to be out, but I, I just couldn't pull the trigger <laughs> on that one. So going with Komet here, and he was actually quietly good last year from a football perspective, saw 93 targets, caught 60 of them for 612 yards. But he had no touchdowns. The targets were ninth at the position. In terms of receptions, he was 13th. In yards, he was 12th. So he was basically a top 12 tight end in everything but fantasy points uh, where he finished 21st. But again, had no touchdowns last year. And we all know that what I'm going to say, you know, in regards to yards correlating to touchdowns and how positive regression is in his favor. Um but also the lack of passing weapons, right? Like, like you said, Darnell Mooney, he's going to get every target, but you can't, he's not going to get 400 targets, right? So, <laughs> so even if the Bears, you know, they throw the ball, you know, 400 times, Darnell Mooney, you know, he ends up seeing 150, 160 of them. I still think that it's not out of the realm of possibility that Cole Komet could see 100 targets or, you know, 90 to 100 targets. And we know what he can do as a receiver. Uh, and tight ends do get better as, as they, as they age, especially one, like Cole Komet, who's you know, uh, you know, also very good as a as a as a blocker as well. So he's a, he's one of those traditional two way tight ends, not just a pass catcher. Uh, so I think also with with Jimmy Graham gone, no longer going to steal those red zone, those precious red zone opportunities that we need for our tight ends. And so I think Cole Komet 
is a guy that again tight ends tricky right like we're gonna sit here we're gonna we're gonna talk about tight ends we talk about tight ends eight or nine through through 18 and we'll be wrong about 10 of them but yeah. all that matters is, is that you that you're right about one and we'll you know we're we'll stream tight ends we talk about uh streaming options so you know this is the guy that i think you could take a shot on um and potentially you know shore up your tight end position but uh greg who what are your thoughts on um you know who's your breakout for 2022 uh, definitely a guy that like towards the later half of the season. I want him to start earlier in the season even more. Pat Frymerth for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, he only started nine games last season and almost got 500 yards receiving. Um, talk about for a rookie receiver, you know, that, that 500 uh, receiving yard mark, uh, I would say is definitely a productive season. Uh, seven touchdowns, which is a, a pretty good number for only starting nine games. Uh, so I think he's, you know, a guy that will be looked at in the red zone. Uh, you know, tight ends. What really makes a lot of tight ends tight end one for a week is the, you know getting that that touchdown. So uh, if I'm gonna get a guy that's you know more likely to get it than others, I'm, I'm gonna take him. I think you know his targets will go up uh, 79 targets in those nine games started. So he, he's definitely due for more production uh, and definitely love the talent there. And um, well, I think a guy was definitely gonna be finished as a tight end one this season. Yeah, this is one that. Um... I like Fryermuth. I like the player. I just I'm just down on the Steelers offense as a whole. So on the Steelers pass offense as a whole. So when it comes right. to that, uh, you know, I I'm I haven't really um, you know, Fryermuth's not a guy that I've been targeting, but I think you could tell yourself a story definitely where he does, you know, take another level, another step as a as a tight end and, and you know becomes a focal point within this offense. But it's just, you know, he was so dependent. Another guy that was somewhat dependent on those red zone opportunities last year, and we know with Big Ben, like they were, th- Big Ben likes to throw the ball in the red zone a ton. You know that's kind of his deal. So I don't know how many of those opportunities are going to be there. So it's really going to come down to him making plays in the pass game, which I think is, he can definitely do. So um, you know, it's it's a really a tricky situation. I mean, that's why none of these guys are. If he had a great situation, he'd be drafted, you know, sooner. But he, you know, you you can get him with tight end, you know, tight end 13 price tag. So um, moving on to my, my guy for 2022. And yeah, this one kind of feels like cheating, but I don't really care. It's it's Kyle Pitts. I Pitts the fool, man. (laughs) You know, I've said pretty much everything I've had to say before, um, but just add this, you know, he has league winning type upside given his position his draft cost and the potential impact that he can make. That's all the makings of a, my guy. And that's why Kyle Pitts is my, my guy. Gotta love it. I mean, yeah, he's going to, he's going to get people chips this year. Uh, and just take that leap again. Uh, he's going to be, you know, yeah. It's gonna be Have you game. seen, do you know who the starting wide receiver is for the, for, for the, the Atlanta Atlanta Russell Gage? No, he plays for Tampa Bay, but that's, yeah, nah, yep. There you go. That's how you know. That's, that's how you know. Nah, it's it is yeah. it is it is rookie wide receiver Drake London. But after that, it's uh Brian. It's Kyle Pitts, yo. He's starting wide receiver. They Pitt. put him out wide. I mean, I, you know, give him more favorable matchups. That's all I ask Atlanta, though. You know, yeah. stop putting him outside. <laughs> no, keep putting him outside. Keep putting him. Yo, putting get him easier matchups inside too, though. Is, like you know, my man is six six. There's not many corners. Exactly. Put him against a linebacker. Why no, not? 
Trust me, it's, it's working. My man had a thousand and twenty six yards. I think that what they were doing last year was working. And uh, if I in the red zone, though, I need those TDs. It's harder to yeah, get from the outside. You need those TDs in the red zone. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like show me the data that says that. <laughs> Calvin Johnson made a living off those red zone touchdowns outside. But anyway, my uh, now nah, I love Kyle Pitts this year. Greg, who's your my guy? Oh, it's, it's gonna be. TJ Hawkinson. It's gonna be TJ Hawkinson probably for the rest of the you know his career until the wheels fall off. I mean, the Hawk man, he does what he has to do every year. Um, you know, and most likely always gonna be my most rostered tight end. So I gotta support him, gotta, you know, support his growth every year. I'm um, just hoping, you know, one year he can get uh, you know, that type of level of uh, of an offensive a quarterback of a team that, you know, he can uh like you know, because last year was rough and he still was able to do what he had to do uh and and, and get you know, a lot of targets. Yeah, last year was definitely rough. Yeah, um, last year was rough. <laughs> at least whenever whenever our people bring up TJ Hawkinson, I think about last year and then I get upset. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Hawk, definitely, um, he's a guy that I know you've rostered in multiple dynasty leagues and you've rostered in multiple leagues just in general. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely a my guy for you. Uh, he's got to show me something this year for sure, though. Um you know, with, with Swift, they're dominating targets. Amon Ross, St. Brown, who's, you know, breakout wide receiver for you. He was the only, uh, you know, main pass catcher until Amon Ross came on the scene. So maybe it'll help him out a little bit. Or maybe it's less targets for him. Who knows? <laughs> but we'll see. Um, let's play some ADP game. And I'm going to start at the top because the, I don't feel like we talk about this enough. Uh, these two guys we didn't really talk about. Um, these are two guys that we probably spoke about last year. We probably spoke about the year before. Um, but you, you can't have both. You got to pick one. So it's, it's George Kittle. It's a tight end four going off the board as the second pick in the fourth round going against Darren Waller, the tight end five as the eighth pick in the fourth round. This is basically um, one to one. Like there's no cost associated yeah. with this really. Not nah, who's who, who you who would you rather who, who who you want more? I'm going with uh George Kittle. Uh, I think if George Kittle, you know, can stay healthy for like a full 17 games, like that man, he should finish tight end one. Honestly, like some of the 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 numbers that George Kittle can put up, the talent that he is, he's a he's an absolute beast. Um, and Darren Waller, naturally his target share will have to go down with the addition of Devonte Adams, one of the best receivers in the game. Uh, Derek Carr being excited to play with him, you know he's going to get the ball close to eight, you know, times a game. So that's going to naturally bring it down. Got Hunter Renfro still there. A lot of more mouths to feed. Uh, the type for you know Debo Samuel is there, but Debo Samuel can get carries in the backfield. He doesn't really need uh, you know targets out wide. And George Kittle is just a staple of this offense. You know, the 49ers for the last couple of years. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go with him. Yes, yeah, this one's um, this one's interesting for me as well. I mean, between you know, I love I love Kittle. I mean, I think last year, um, or you know, these last couple of years, the injury bugs have really the injury bugs really bitten him. Um, but I think that the elevation of a guy like a, a Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, a guy like a Debo Samuel who's who's been balling, I think at one point or another, like some of these targets have to start funneling to to those guys. Um, and you know, like you said with Kittle, his inability to stay healthy sometimes. Uh, could also be a detriment to him, you know, finishing as finishing a season as a high scoring option. 
Uh, but I, I am going to go with Darren Waller. Uh, I do have Darren Waller as my tight end four. Kittle as my tight end five. I think you have Kittle as your tight end four and Darren Waller as your tight end five. So that, that makes sense. Um, I just think that we've seen Josh McDaniels be able to do this before where he has like a top tier wide receiver. He's got a top tier, um, you know, slot receiver. And then he's also able to still make, make plays with tight end. And, and I don't think he's ever had a tight end really like Darren Waller. I mean, he's had Gronk before, but Gronk and Darren Waller are two different, two different people, two different players. Uh, he had Tony Scheffler who he had success with, but Darren Waller is basically like a wide receiver. And I think that, you know, the, there is, even if you took, even if you gave, I mean, how do I have this broken down? Um, you know, even if you gave, you know, you could still give Devontae Adams 27% of the targets. You you, you could give, um, you know, Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro 20%. You could give Darren Waller another 20%. And so between, you know, those 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 four guys right there, you're at 67% of the team targets. And I think that's, you know, assuming that those guys stay healthy, that's pretty much how, I you know, I would see it finishing. Um, but, yeah, that's why I lean to go Darren Waller, I think, just the games are going to be more high scoring with, you know, the division um, and all those and, and just the, the Raiders in general are going to score more points and the passing volume with a Trey Lance led team naturally feels like it has to go down. Um, so someone has to lose out on those, but yeah, that's a long way of saying I'm going Darren Waller. Uh, moving on to another um, ADP game, a guy that you talked about and a guy that, you know, I, I, I've talked about a decent amount here. Uh, Pat Fryermuth going off the board, tied on 11, the ninth pick in the ninth round, versus Hunter Henry going off the board as a tight end 14, the 12th pick in the 10th round. Uh, I feel like it's obvious, Greg, but which one are you going with? Yeah, I'm going to pay the price for Pat Fryermuth. Uh, I think of the two, he does have a higher upside a little bit if, you know, you know, he can get those targets that we talked about, the bump that uh, I, I see him getting um, and, and relating to the production that he had last year. Uh, I'm going to go with him. Um, Hunter Henry, um, definitely good prospects there for, you know, in New England. No Josh Daniels as well. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to try to keep the same you know, fundamentals as, as him, but uh, I think it doesn't help him for sure. Yeah, I um... – you know, I go Hunter Henry here kind of because of what some of the things I had talked about with with Firemuth. Um, you know, I, you know, I think some of those things are not true for Hunter Henry, right? Like where Firemuth has to deal with like a Deontay Johnson and a George Pickens and a Chase Claypool and a quarterback that the team probably doesn't, you know, trust to put it on their shoulders, whereas like you have Mac Jones, who, you know, had a you know very very solid rookie year, uh, and you know showed comp, you know, be able to be a competent quarterback, um, and then Hunter Henry, who, you know, had 603 receiving yards on 75 targets last year, scored nine touchdowns. Um, you know, I think he's going to be continue to be a constant in the offense for, for, for Mac Jones here, and then, you know, there's not really a lot of competition for targets. It's like. Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, so I think Hunter Henry, you know, James White is gone. Um, you know, so I think Hunter Henry is going to have a role here where he he's probably, you know, does end up 
He, you know, you. I'm not saying he does end up leading them in targets, but you could tell a story where he leads the Patriots in targets. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. So, and we know we've seen him. You know, he's been a tight end that consistently puts up 600 receiving yards. I mean, he put up. He had a season where he only played 12 games and he put up, you know, 650 receiving yards. So we know, you know, the capable player, the type of the type of player Hunter Henry is capable of being. So that's my why I go Hunter Henry here. I do have him as tight end seven. Uh, I have him ranked highly, so that's that's why I'm I'm just gonna wait and pay this price of tight end fourteen in the tenth round for Hunter Henry, who I have at tight end seven. So word. And last but not least, feel like I know where you're going with this one too, Greg. Albert Okawebunam or David Njoku. Al O going off the board as tight end 16, 12, the seventh pick in the 12th round. David Njoku going off the board as tight end 17, the 11th pick in the 12th round. Where are you going, Greg? Yeah, I'm going to go with Al O here. Uh, that's just full of, you know, situation. I mean, David Njoku, also recently biased. I haven't seen David Njoku do anything fantasy relevant wise since like his rookie year early in his career. And one, he's going to have Jacoby Brissett for about 11 games. So Jacoby Brissett, he, he is what he is. Like, he's not going to be, you know, a high-volume passing guy. Uh, and, you know, the situation until Deshaun Watson gets back is going to be tough. And by that time, that's, you know, probably, you know, later in the fantasy season, you're entering playoff time. So maybe David Njoku could be a name we talk about uh, later in the year, maybe being, uh, you know, having some some league winning sleeper value uh, later in the year. But I'll owe for a full season, uh, I'm taking him, you know, for – to start the season and paying that price. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna go three for three on disagreeing on these. Greg, I'm going with David and Joku, um, and this you know we talked you talked about the situation, but um, you know we got to remember this is a a Browns offense that utilizes the tight end, and the reason why we couldn't he's like two though. Yeah. But guess what? They only have two on the roster right now. So, um, <laughs> so it's 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 funny because you know they had Austin Hooper for a long time. You know they paid Austin Hooper all that money, and it was like, why did they pay Austin Hooper all this money when they've got a young, a good young player in in David Njoku? But they recently cut Austin Hooper, and mm-hmm. they gave. David and Joku a nice new contract. So, you know, we always say follow the money. Well, they they decided they decided they didn't want to pay this player anymore, and they decided they wanted to take the assets and actually invest it in this one player. And then when you look at their roster, it's only really David and Joku and Harrison Bryant, you know, on the roster. So it feels like, especially when you look at this Browns pass offense that has Amari Cooper, and you know, after that, it's Donovan Peoples Jones, David Bell. Um, you know, I feel like it's gone through the tight end position before and now they only have really, you know, one, I do like Harrison Bryan a lot, but I feel like it's going to go through David and Joku regardless of who the quarterback is. And um, Jacoby Brissett, he's not great, but he, he made Jack Doyle the top 12 tight end at times in, in Indianapolis. So, and David and Joku is definitely uh, more talented. This is a toss up for sure. Uh, Al O like these, both these guys have a ton of upside. Al O is going to be part of this, like, you know, great offense, and you just hoping that he can get like some of those targets. But I believe David Njoku could be the guy where he 
he actually gets those targets uh, week to week. So uh, again, go, going back to back, you could you could take both of them honestly, and then just see what happens. But uh, you, you know, uh, nah, nah, again, he could. Yeah, I'm follow the money to Russell Wilson, and then just he elevates everyone around him. <laughs> he elevates everyone around him, yo. I want everything that touches Russell Wilson. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, it just I don't know, man. I was seeing some ner- some stuff made me nervous. <laughs> you know, fourth quarter, fourth quarter of a preseason game. I don't know. That was that was rough. Uh, but anyway, I love. Again, not 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 to say I, I don't like Al O. I do like Al O, and you know that. And everybody who listens to this knows that. It's just some things that make me nervous sometimes. I get my ways. But um, anyway, that pretty much puts a wrap on this. Uh, we've uh, broken down all the positions. So there you go, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight ends. Um, we'll be back on Monday to do a divisional breakdown. And then we'll see you all on Wednesday to do a Thursday night preview of Buffalo Bills traveling to L.A., SoFi Stadium to take on the L.A. Rams. So it's only a matter of time till football is here. Less than a week. Let's get to it, man. So, Greg, have a good weekend. Everybody who's been who's listening, watching, we appreciate you. Have a good weekend. Be safe. Enjoy your Labor Day, and we'll see you all on Monday. Peace. Yeah.